Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. I ha- Julie, are you on? You should be live. <laughs> Julie? Am I on? Yes, you are Can you hear me on. now? Okay, good. Okay, let's not do that. Okay, so listen, we had a terrific event on Friday. Just probably one of our best events. Really loved seeing so many of you there. We live streamed during the event, and there are hundreds of people that watched online. It was an enormous success. Um, you know, I was so happy to receive all the wonderful emails, and uh, we only had one complainer, which is good, you know, of hundreds of people, one complainer between online and, you know, uh, live. That's not bad. It's not a bad ratio, but such is the way. Overall, people were absolutely beside themselves thrilled with the event. Uh, we're going to be doing more of these events. Um, not really sure if we're going to be traveling to do them, which Julie and I would prefer not to do, or if we're going to continue to do them at the same place in Austin. But look, bottom line, thank you for all of you who actually came. It was tremendous. So nice seeing so many of you. It's really special to Julie and I to make you know actual you know contact meeting with you. Some of you who have been longtime uh, supporters of what Julie and I are creating in the real estate space in terms of, you know, we I ran into a lot of you guys that had us sign your, uh, the Harris Rules book, the old version, the red book. Some of you showed up just to ask us to sign the book. That was great. Others of you, um, you know, were having pictures taken with us and telling us how influential we've been on your in your business and your personal life. It's wonderful. Honestly, it's very rewarding. So that was one of the first events that I think Julie and I have left in forever that uh, either where we were providing it and hosting it or where we were speaking where there were no like regrets. There was nothing I was thinking back. I wish I would have said this or did that because it was just so complete. So look, bottom line is the entire event was recorded. Um, it's going to be – we're going to make it available and uh, to uh, coaching clients. There's going to be lots of little video clips that are going to be dropped online here and there. So just stay tuned. Um, and again, thank you sincerely for all of you who attended. Julie, what were your like highlights, your memories from the event that stands uh, still stands strong in your mind? I I think the masterminds that we did were really fun. I think I uh, you know just from observing them because we would give them the topic for them to mastermind on and give them a few minutes to uh, network their answers out. I I just observing them, it was a lot of super focused, really drilled down agents and brokers who were really from all over the country. I actually thought we would have more of a local, you know, like everybody would be coming from Texas just out of convenience. But really, we had people from California, Florida, Colorado, uh, a lot of people from the Midwest, the Northeast, everybody. You know, it was great how well they worked together and what they got out of it. Some of the mini presentations I thought were very impressive. And they all walked away with actionable, implementable items that will make them take their business forward faster. And in the meantime, they made a lot of great connections with each other. So I think it was a great event. It was fun to meet everybody. Yeah, we had we had somebody that attended via Rome, right? He from he was yeah. him and his wife were right. 
vacationing in Rome for spring vacation. They flew back. So it was Iowa via Rome back to Texas, then back to Iowa or something like that. I'm not really sure. But, look, overall, it's just a huge success. So we could talk forever about it. And, Julie, we should talk about some of the mastermind topics on a future podcast. So Julie and I have been talking a long time about reformatting this podcast list uh, for the sake of all of our listeners. And so here's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be extending the show. This will hopefully be starting in May. And the show is going to be a longer uh, format, maybe like we're thinking probably about 45 minutes because a lot of you will then break the show up into two parts. Maybe you are going to listen to it as you're driving to work and driving home from work or that kind of thing. So we're going to push the format to a longer time frame than just 30 minutes. And we're going to start talking about the, what's in the news. So it's going to be the, the actual shows are going to have discussion of what's going on in the news, what's going on with housing sales, just those types of things. We're going to drill down more on maybe what we read on Inman or what we read on Bloomberg or what we're reading in different sources as far as real estate news that might be relevant to you. And then we're going to summarize and probably do a lot of making fun of the things that we were talking about, Doug, Julie, and I. And then we're going to get to whatever content we have for that day. It might be an interview. It might be something like what we're doing today where we're giving you your ultimate open house guide. So the format's expanding just because so many of you guys want more, um, you know, frankly, you want more uh, content from us. So we're also going to be uh, uh, doing a Facebook Live uh, broadcast every day. So when we do the podcast, we're going to be doing a live stream on uh, Facebook. Facebook. We're going to be doing a live stream on Instagram. We're going to be doing a live stream on just, uh, I mean, there's a bunch of, we're going to be using Mevo. If you guys are interested in, if you guys are doing podcasting, look into getting an M-E-V-O camera, um, and you just set it up in your podcasting studio, and actually Mevo will then sync up with all the places and stream the video live. So it's pretty cool built-in software. will save you a lot of effort. That's what we're going to be using. So yeah, a lot of big upgrades and changes um, coming as a result of trying to make it so that we are exceeding your expectations for what you get from this podcast. And the podcast continues to grow in terms of its popularity, and just all things are telling us that we're on the right track with helping all of you guys build incredibly profitable, successful businesses and personal lives. And one last little reminder, the new Harris Rules book, which all of you need to grab, it's twice the size. It was 10 times the effort, especially for my beautiful wife, Julie. Um, But the new book is the Teal book. The new book is the Green book. It's on Amazon. You can go ahead and pre-order. That's going to be actually starting to be delivered in June. Um, and uh, yeah, that's I think professionally speaking, that's the thing, the product, the effort that we're most proud of having done. So the book itself is going to be what we think will become the new complete A to Z system for building your real estate business, assuming that your values are in alignment with ours, which our core values are, of course, doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level, being of service to other people and making sure that your product is always profit. Those are the three prevailing uh, themes throughout the book, because ultimately, if those are your three, you know, your three pillars, the fourth pillar in your business will be the acceptance that you're, you're goal is to be rich, rich where your money works for you, you no longer have to work for your money. Not some socially unacceptable view of rich, but simply rich enough that you have freedom so that you can maybe finally get that monkey off your back. That's really what the book is all about, so make sure you pre-ordered that book. Julie, you've got an email to read, and then let's get to our topic. (laughs) Yes. Actually, this is a uh, Facebook post on our private Facebook page for our coaching members only, but this is from an agent in Florida who is what I call one of my frequent flyers for the premier coaching uh, that we do every day right after the podcast. This is a live coaching call that uh, the program that I run mostly and Coach Rochelle is on Fridays as well. And so these are live questions. We do a lot of coaching work there. 
but this particular agent is part of a huge crowd of people I see every day. You know, I don't expect everybody to go every day, but a lot of them do. Christopher Leone in Florida. Okay, so the I'm not going to read the whole post because it's quite lengthy with lots of detail, which I appreciate, but not everybody uh, wants to listen to the entire story. So here's the summary. Uh, Christopher Leone was talking with a past client who he admits to not being great at having talked to a lot in the past, but he received a call from them. Uh, he occasionally consults with them with regards to managing their investment property. Well, long story short, it turns out that she ends up having to move out of state. So previous Christopher Leone may not have actually drilled down in the way that he now does as a result of coaching, he says. He intentionally asked them about selling. He sent out the pre-listing package with a handwritten card. He closed on the appointment. He showed up ready to rumble, asked the Sharpie closed questions, and got a signed contract. So his uh, longer description has detail about notes about the CMA and just really um, doing a killer job being of service to them. But I think there's a, several things here. One is he sniffed out the opportunity. This wasn't just a call about management. She was actually moving. There was an opportunity for an out-of-state referral, of course, take the listing where he lives. And then he did a textbook seven-step listing process, which did indeed result in the signed listing uh, deal for him. So kudos to you, Christopher Leone, for sharing your story, for setting the bar for other coaching clients to not just listen to the calls, but to implement and then actually use it. And there were a lot of really nice comments about his post. Uh, Eric Rafferty said, great story, Christopher. It's amazing what happens when implementing the strategies we learn with Tim and Julie. And says, and I cover greater Boston, eastern Massachusetts. So it's a great place for them to connect. But I love stories like this because it translates directly into profit. I have confidence Chris priced this right. He's talking to a motivated seller, and this is going to be one of his next closings. So kudos to you, Chris. Back to you, Tim. So you didn't have the courage to read the email? Well, I did, but I didn't want to take 20 minutes to do it since we have other stuff it's to do. It's a long email. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so listen, uh, listeners, summary. we obviously will read your emails. We obviously appreciate your emails. We appreciate your questions. Um, we're getting a lot of uh, – and we're going to get to the topic, and the topic today is about um, – and this is one of those topics that when, every time we do it, I could just see this room full of people in my mind where they're all going, oh, we're going to talk about that. And then we get into the specifics of the topic, and you're going to be going, holy crap, I didn't even realize the opportunity that was in front of me. I was just – you know, I was not realizing what I wasn't doing to fully take advantage of the, you know, what we're going to be sharing with you today. So stay tuned. So we've been getting a lot of emails from – uh, agents are asking about uh, choosing a broker, and Julie and I are going to be doing another top, another uh, session, another radio podcast on that coming up this week. So, Jules, write that down so we remember. And uh, I understand why a lot of you guys are asking that question because many of you are realizing that the amount of money that you've been paying the broker just to kind of cut through it is greater than what you really thought because guess what? You just paid your taxes. And I received a lot of emails for somebody. I had several of you send me your total commissions earned and then what you receive from your broker, and then you finally realize that all those little miscellaneous, this fee and the other fee, usually make it so that you're always on what amounts to an 80% split, which is not bad, I, don't, I suppose, but at the end of the day, some of you are coming to the conclusion that the reason that you're not really saving more money is because your expenses are out of line, or the reason that you really don't have anything to show for all your hours and hours of work at the end of the uh, year, other than you know, basically keeping your, uh, 
your food on your table is that you are paying too much for things like CRMs and you're paying too much for lead generation. You're paying too much for all these silly things that until you've listened to our podcast, you didn't even realize you didn't even need. You know, I had a nice little, you know, it was a debate with someone at our event on Friday, and we are talking about agent websites. And his stance was every agent needs a website because that's essentially their online brochure. Conceptually, it sounds valid, right? But here's the problem. Nobody ever finds your website. No one's ever going to go to your website. You know, agent websites, just as using that as an example, are literally a complete and total waste of money. There have been research studies that have been done on this by National Association of Realtors. Teak Wiggins over at Inman did a great article on this, and the conclusion was the average agent gets a total of zero leads from their website. And yet, the average agent spends, at least based on my looking around, at least on the very, very low end, about 600 bucks on a, high, on a, on a website, and a high-end uh, you know, agent with a real fancy website they're probably spending closer to a thousand. You guys are wasting your money for the most part, unless you're spending money to get people to the website. In other words, you're st- spending money on you know pay-per-click stuff, which again is another fallacy. You know, when you learn how to actually think like a business owner and you learn how to drill down and um, you know see what your net is. That way, when you're having that conversation, when you're paying your taxes and you're realizing you didn't, you may have earned a lot of money, but you didn't save anything, and you're maybe rolling one year into the next with the same amount of debt. In other words, you're not moving the needle financially. In other words, you're not getting any closer to being rich where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money. When you finally have that level of business maturity where you're not going to accept the fact that it's okay to not make profit, I'll make profit maybe two, three years from now. When you move past all that stupid thinking, then you're going to realize that truthfully, this business is all about helping people and is all about becoming the best version of you as a real estate salesperson, is about you realizing that your product is profit. A great book we suggested all the attendees at the event read this book is Profits Aren't Everything. They're the only thing. We've mentioned that book before. Make sure you go read that book. It's definitely hard reading because it forces you to really take a real serious look on how you think about your business. But the prevailing takeaway is your product is profit. And if you're not making profit, you have you are not making a product. In other words, your product is the profit you make, the profit that is left over in your bank account after all your expenses are paid, and with that profit you can reinvest it. But the again, I've been getting a lot of emails people are asking about brokerage because they've realized that without knowing it or maybe knowing it but just not dealing with it, they've been paying their broker 20, maybe 30% of what they've been earning. Maybe that made sense when they started out in real estate, but it doesn't make sense now. So we're going to be doing a podcast this week, and I want all of you to listen to it, look for it, that's going to be specifically about what we feel are the 10 most important things uh, to look for when you're choosing a broker. And uh, yeah, this is similar to a topic we've done before, but I think it's even more relevant. So what did we see in the real estate market? We saw it slow down last year. A lot of you had slow first quarters. We saw the market pick up again, and now we're seeing that uh, March home sales have dropped off again, even though the interest rates have gone up again. This is what it typically happens in a real estate correction. Now, I know some of you are experiencing incredible sellers markets, but I hope you're paying attention to the little undulation that you just had in your business most likely where you did see the showings drop off. You did see the activity slow down. I hope you're realizing how fast and almost suddenly that can happen in your business. You might think you're immune to a market slowdown until it happens to you. So if you're not looking at your expenses right now, 
if you're not thinking about the best way to position yourself financially for a changing market, you must be doing that now. So listen to that podcast. So the topic of today's show, Julie, I've renamed it. Let me grab the name. Okay. And uh, this is something. This is one of those things you guys have to uh, take notes on. And uh, make sure you're paying attention because we're going to go through these points relatively quick. The uh, topic is your ultimate open house lead generation master plan. Now, like I said, some of you are going to be rolling your eyes at talking about open houses. You need to have an open mind what we're about to tell you. And if you are new or newish in the business or if you're addicted to buying leads, this is your 12-step program to get off buying leads because the open house plan we're going to give you works in all markets, works in all price, price ranges, works in all market conditions. Your key is not to skip any steps. So, Julie? Yes, indeed. I think it's extremely short-sighted to ignore, blow off, or minimize the open house done right as a really great, inexpensive, highly efficient lead generation source. So, just to remind them, I'm going to do these really quick, then we're going to get into their action plan. Why, then, do you love open houses? Number one, yes, of course, serious buyers do go to open houses, but even more importantly, so do sellers. In fact, at least 20% of them are going to open houses so they can make a decision this weekend. Be the agent who's there when they are motivated. We have countless examples, and we use our scripts to, to pull this out so you guys are convinced. There's so many examples of people who go into open houses, and when you use the right script, like, you know, how you, have you been seeing houses? What house have you liked that you've already seen? And they, they'll actually say, I just came from a house, I love it, but nobody closed them on it, and they haven't been working with an agent. Shocking, but true. So memorize the script. Which home in the area do you plan on selling? That cuts to it. That's really covering about five ramp-up questions that sometimes you guys do. Where do you live? Do you have to sell before you can buy? Just ask, which home in the area do you plan on selling? If they've already sold, they'll tell you. If they're renting, they'll tell you. If they're relocating, they'll tell you just cuts to it. I love that script. Fact, at least 30% of open house visitors do have a home to sell and even more an even higher uh, percentage when you go up in price. It just makes sense. Most agents don't know this or appreciate it because they never actually ask. Point number two on why you love open houses, it's a great place to meet those nosy but soon to list neighbors. Typically they are the first, they go to the first open house and they can also be your first sign calls, so be sensitive to that. You think of them as, oh, they're just the nosy neighbors. Well, why would the nosy neighbors show up? They're seeing how their house compares to their neighbor's house for the price. Okay, I get excited about this. Number three, build your future business through making maximum contacts in minimum time. So compare having 20, 30, 40 people in your open house versus if you had to dial and find them and make those connections, you probably would be dialing 100 times to make 30 contacts on a good day. In an open, you're face-to-face, -face, you're having one event, but maximum contacts and minimum time. This is efficient and inexpensive prospecting when you do it right. You'll be amazed at how much future business you'll create by doing consistent, well-executed opens. And Tim, you recall, I mean, we had so many instances where somebody would call, they want to list, they want to buy. We would ask them, you know, remind me where you met us. And they would say, well, you know, I was going to a lot of open houses six months ago when I was still, you know, getting my financing ready. And you were the only one who gave me the time of day. You were the only one who was nice to me. You were the only one who followed up with me. It does work. And, of course, you'll get some immediate stuff too. But this helps build your business long term. So point number five, and this is for my more introverted secret agent types, Open houses force you to be in front of people. More contact equals more contracts. 
polish your skill and stop being a secret agent. So if that hasn't convinced you, we'll get into our main points. Do you want to uh, hover there for anything, Tim? I went through those really fast. Well, the main, yes, but the main takeaway is from everything she just said is even though you're doing an open house, which in its nature is passive because you're waiting for people to come to you, you have to be proactive when you're in the open house. The point of your open house is to get leads. The point of your open house is to, you know, when we're getting into specifics about what types of houses to hold open, what types of neighborhoods, things like that, where you're going to get the best leads. But at the end of the day, the point of doing an open house is not just to sit there and screw around on your computer while somebody walks through the house. Your goal is to get people to register. I remember very clearly Julie and I's first year in the business. We entered into real estate with a listing that was listed by our broker's wife, um, Terry Averill, <laughs> and, uh, until Julie and I passed because the house was our friend from high school and our neighbor who listed the house with us, and we held that house open, Julie and I did. It was literally right across the street from us. We bought our first house when we were still in college. But So th we held this house open over on East Jeffrey in you know, Beachwald, Ohio, Clintonville, and we held that thing open I don't even know how many times, constantly, Saturday and Sunday. And we, this is where the formation of this open house plas, uh, plan came from. You know, all the little things Julie's about to tell you about the signage, about what to say, how to say it, how to set the house up, how to do the whole thing. This was just a little dinky house, like 800 square feet, two bedroom, one bath. But I bet you from that one open house, Julie and I, remember we sold over 100 houses our first full year in real estate. I bet you from that one little tiny cracker box house, we sold at least 10 other houses. We sold it because at the neighbors – uh, at least, because we held it open constantly, but the neighbors would see that we had a, a for sale sign that went to a sold sign. We had ammunition to go solicit all the for sale by owners. We had all these opportunities as a result of getting that one listing. That one listing turbocharged our first year, and from that we just kept on spinning the plates and kept on spinning the plates until almost towards the end of the year we'd actually stopped and added up how many houses we sold, and uh, until that moment we didn't realize actually how many houses we did sell. And then from there, obviously, National Association of Realtors found out, and we set the record for number of homes sold our first year in the business. And to my understanding, that record has never been broken. Um, so that was something Julie and I did a couple decades ago, but still something we're still oddly proud of. But listen, here's the bottom line. Take notes from what she's telling you today because it works in all price ranges. From that uh, open house, uh, this open house plan, again, works in almost any market and almost any price range. I should say that because if you're holding a condo open that's behind you know, three gates and five security codes and all this other Mickey Mouse, if this plan will not work as well because it's too much hassle for the prospective person walking through your open. But back to Julie. Yes, you know what's so funny about that first listing, first open house. When we first started coaching this open house stuff, I actually, uh, this has been years ago, but I did count up what I thought were the results from that, and it was closer to 20. And that doesn't count like, you know, we would door knock for sale by owners in that same neighborhood. They would have seen our sign. You know, it helps everything you do to have something to market and something to work. So it really just takes, you know, I've seen agents launch their career. We certainly did from a really great open house. But I also remember about that house. <laughs> that house was like the most complicated first deal you could do. Seller was relocating. The buyer was FHA. It had three layers of a roof. It had hydrostatic pressure yep. in the basement. You know, it was like you couldn't even make up. Well, you forget the, the other one. You, you forget the other What's one. That? The owner named Carl. Carl. Who well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who, who we're still friends with. Uh, but the owner named Carl, 
uh, he would make his own beer. Do you guys have any idea oh, how great. stinky yeah. an 800-square-foot house is when the owner insists on making his own beer? It was horrible. It always smelled like gym socks or something worse. <laughs> but anyway, they'll have their own stories to tell. So let's get to some points, Julie, while we still have a little <laughs> okay, bit of time. <clears throat> so we have, yes, and I have to get to premiere soon. So let's start with open house math. Hold, num, point number one, hold open houses every weekend as a rule until you have a minimum of three AAA buyers at all times. We're going to define what that means in a second. I don't care if you're a grizzled veteran with 20 listings. You, too, need to do this. Once you put a buyer in contract, we'll replace them with another AAA buyer. So you are never without three AAA buyers. Doing this ensures you will never, ever have a lean month. What's a AAA buyer? One who will buy in the next 60 days or less, may or may not have a listing with them, has financing in place or is very close, or is all cash. Imagine just this point when you get this going and you have three AAA buyers who are ready to rumble. All you have to do is find them the right house at all times. This helps iron out the whole feast and famine business that most agents think is normal. Back to you, Tim. I've got to go set up Premier. No, that's fine. So, look, guys, we're going to finish out our points yesterday. We got uh, obviously caught on being so grateful and thankful to all of you who attended the event um, that we didn't stay on task with regards to our points. But if you're regular podcast listeners, you know to expect that from us. Um, so here's the bottom line. Um, oh, here's the other thing. Julie asked me to remind you. <laughs> this, is, this actually happened. Julie wanted me to take on five additional coaching clients personally because she thought I had too much free time because I was bothering her too much in her office. That actually is what happened. Um, I believe I have four people that, want to, uh, that have already grabbed one of those spots, so I have one spot left. If you want me to personally coach you, first of all, I want you to realize what you're signing up for, and I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to be a lightweight, you know. You probably won't like me much, but you will get results. That's the type of coaching relationships that I'm looking for exclusively. So if you're actually serious about building your real estate business, then I will consider personally coaching you. You're going to interview me. I'm going to interview you, and then we're going to decide if we're a fit for each other. Is that hopefully very clear to all of you? So I've already, when I made this call out the other day, I got a lot of people that are interested, and then when I told them essentially what to expect, they decided that it wasn't for them. And that is fine. I respect that because we're not wasting each other's time. But if you are serious about your real estate practice, if you are serious about going to the next level, I probably can take on one or two additional personal clients, and, um, you know, there it is. So I'm doing what Julie told me to do. <laughs> okay? So just email me directly if this is for you, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Um, but other than that, guys, listen, stay drilled down, stay focused. This is going to be a challenging year to many of you as you adjust to the market gyrations that are going to be taking place throughout the year. If you want to know what's going to happen next in your market, go back and listen to the old podcast Julie and I did. Well, by old, it's probably seven months old, but incredibly relevant. We did four podcasts. They were talking about the phases of the real estate market, and we're in what's called a phase two market right now. So if you want to be listening and knowing what's going to happen next so you can be better prepared yourself and prepare your uh, sellers, go to timandjulieharris.com, and on the search bar, just put in the word phases, and you'll find it, where you can go to iTunes and do the same thing. Speaking of which, while you're over on iTunes, many of you listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher, please do the right thing. The thing that is your moral imperative to do, <laughs> give us a five-star review. You know you want to, so stop resisting. So please do give us a five-star review on iTunes. It does actually help with us pick up more listeners. In the meantime, everyone, thank you very much for listening today, and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. Have a fantastic day. 
This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.